Hi guys, it's Brown and Feminist. Welcome to season two. This is Misha. This is Sadika. Today's episode is all about consent culture. Yep. And today we've got Rain with us. Hey, I'm Rain. All of us have a lot of different experiences with consent. Or lack of. Oh yes, or the lack thereof. Definitely a large lack thereof. One of the most prominent experiences when I think of consent and well, it not being present is when we go clubbing. Yes. It's like almost non-existent. When you go clubbing, there's this unspoken understanding that you're going to get groped or someone's going to grind on you and it's all going to happen without you being asked if that's okay. Yeah, totally. I've seen heaps of that. And I, uh, yeah, I know people that avoid clubbing just because of Things like that, you know. I've got like a mate that was scared to go clubbing with me because he thought I'd get into a fight with a guy if a guy tries to hit on me like that because I'm not just going to let someone, you know, touch me like that and without my consent. I'm obviously going to say something. So I've also had the experience of being with mates who are like, no, you just sort of got to accept it. You know? No. Yeah, I know, which is like crazy. No it's he's like, Oh, let me take care of it, which is that macho side kind of thing yeah, coming yeah. up. I tend to have this like a bitch face look when I don't wanna be touched in the club and I use that a lot. I've had guys who like, you know, they're trying to pull you towards them and stuff like that. I just move my hands right away and I'm like, nah, I'm I'm not for that. But thankfully I don't think I've had that experience of someone groping me full-on but almost all my friends have and I asked them like what do you do this particular mate was like nothing because it, it just happens you know yeah I totally get that I was I was thinking about the other day I don't I don't go clubbing usually and um but I do know some people that go clubbing just to to get with people and that's a I don't know it's an interesting concept to me because it's sort of like it's 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 cool and all fun but it's sort of got like this underlying like predatory vibe of going out to get something or like going out like it's your it's a challenge or a goal you know it makes it um just a bit just a bit weird like sort of a competition yeah. it just sort of makes it um it, it it yeah it walks the line of, of not being okay but then again I know a lot of like guys and girls that both go out to get some if they want to get some that's cool um, I think there's like I get what you're saying when that's like their sole purpose yeah and- you're so driven by that that the lines of mutual respect are kind of blurred yeah or they sort right. of they do like a thing where they just trial and error like you know so they, they try a few people and, and the ones they get the ones they get like it's a bit like how many people yeah. are you gonna piss off if you really want to get a chick or you want to get a guy i think that's fine but i think you have to recognize it takes two people to make out you know you're not the sole yeah. participant in that yeah, and yeah. it's it's so confusing to me. Like, how can you not recognize this very basic fact? I think the scariest part as a girl is that there's no real protection in the club. Even the people that work there are creepy. Like the other day, my friends and I went out and there appeared to me this girl who was uncomfortable with this guy. And she told one of the club security people about it. But the club security person full had his hand on her hip you know, when she was explaining the situation and he was, like, very close to her. And I was so confused by that. 
She walked into one vulnerable si- from one vulnerable situation into another. So there's no sense of protection except the people that you go with. She's already disorientated and already confused and possibly scared and feeling confronted. And then this guy just is holding her in a not very appropriate way either and taking advantage of that situation. When you go out, it's like the people that run the places, they're also people and people have faults and stuff. How do you feel safe if you're, gonna, if you're, if you're going out and you can't expect the bouncers or, or people working there to, to um, have your safety in mind when that's their job? These clubs are very vocal about how they will protect you if yeah. you are going through harassment in the club. Yeah. Some of them have notices on the bathroom walls and and they're trying to make us feel safe. But for us to feel safe, they have to ensure they're employing people that... Enforce that? Enforce that and are actually going to do their job how they're meant to do their job. And they've got, like, a system in clubs too, you know? You've got managers, you've got supervisors. You've got to have some kind of quality control in these clubs. Granted, I'm not saying 100% of the time you're going to get non-creeps, but... Just enough for it to feel safe. I don't see much being done at all. Every time we go clubbing, we see this happening and we see this being a common occurrence, then something that is wrong, something is not being done right. Clubbing's it's it's definitely it's a different vibe to a lot of other ways of going out. Like I recently went out, which is great. We went to a um a bar which and then they cleared the floor and it became a sort of disco thing. But it was us and our friend group. And then there was a couple of other people, other randoms, but it was really just our whole friend group dancing together. If any we, anything weird was happening, we would hold each other accountable. But because yeah. we know each other and we all we all respect each other, we're an awesome friend group. We just crushed it and had a great time, sort of thing. I think it's a different vibe at a club, and it's hard to like if you want the club vibe. There is definitely that culture of um having to avoid being touched or like or or not feeling safe. Um, in those sorts of spaces at the moment. It's definitely accountability. Yeah. Because I know so many people who say they stand by all these things, you know, they stand by women's rights, they would never do that. But in a club, if one of their mates is acting up, they will be the last person to call him out or call her out. In fact, they'd probably hype their mate up for doing stuff like that. So it is that lack of accountability. I think accountability is extremely important. I don't know if you mentioned this before, but it's it's the same with locker room talk, you know, and mm-hmm. having to call things out. With clubbing, obviously, you get a lot of people that are very intoxicated. Unfortunately, we live in a society where people will take advantage of that and say it's not right. But if someone is drunk, it's right. If they're not conscious and aware about decisions that are being made for them, it's it's great. The important thing is peers and the acknowledgement of each other's um, rights and responsibilities. I think it's important to choose your peers and choose your moments because if you go out in a club and it's all messy and everyone's absolutely wasted, people are going to bump into you and um, people do bump into me, you know, at a club and I'm like, ah, great, yeah, nah. Um, depends on the vibe but I think it's up to the individual to change the people that they're around I get that people do have to make an effort to be safer in 
uh, climate. But that being said, I also think 100% the person, the desert is responsible for their actions, you know? like Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. The thing is, being drunk is not an excuse. If you're going there with the intention of hooking up with someone yeah. and then you get drunk, you know you're getting drunk for a reason. You know you're getting drunk as a way to be like, I had no inhibitions, like, you know, it was the alcohol. No. I think it's just important to reiterate that the rules that apply in everyday life also apply in a club. If you're walking down the street and you're not about to go grab a girl, then don't do that at a club. Yeah. I I agree. Without asking. If they're clearly into it and they're not pulling away and you don't see them trying to escape and they're not making panicky eyes and they themselves are giving you clear signals, that's different. Yeah. But yeah. also, I feel like... It's not that easy because... It, yeah, because they're going to... I feel like some people would just think that anything... That a smile is a clear signal. I saw a mate of mine recently. We're not really mates, but more acquaintances. And I smiled because it's a smile like, oh, I know you. Hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Smile. Totally. But that smile was taken as a, oh, you'd be willing to get with me kind of smile. I, I, and I was like, um, um, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah I totally get that. Yeah, so it, it is a bit harder to differentiate the two. Just ask someone if you want to dance with them. Yeah. And it's not even awkward. You can ask someone if you want to dance with them. I can be like that is chill. Because as it well. is. It actually shows that they have guts and they're polite. Mm-hmm. And what's not to like about that? So just to jump back to what you said before <clears throat> about picking up on the social cues of what's okay and what's not okay, I think you have to be cognitive, cognitively aware. So that involves drinking less. You know, like people that are like wasted, they're just they're not going to be able to pick up on the signs. They're going to be slobbery sometimes. You know, it's just yeah, it's just your intentions on the night as well. It's not just your intentions though; it's also your actions. Yeah, of course. Because I think a lot of people will rebut that by saying, oh, but I never intended to hurt them or I never intended to do this to them or yeah, I was too drunk to know what was happening. Yeah, yeah. If you have dancing, done it. She was dancing really close to me. If you've done it, you've done it. Yeah, yeah. If you've done something you shouldn't have done, you've done something you shouldn't have done. That, That's not you. And it also has a lot to do with how the media portrays people, yes, women in particular, in clubs or in music videos and how they're totally into a guy just coming in and doing whatever they want all the time. Even in, like you said, Blurred Lines, the music video. Even the words. The lyrics. It wasn't really the video more than it was the lyrics that all these Blurred Lines exactly. are not really that blurred. They're not you that know? blurred. If, if you ask you her, just need you'll glasses. know. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, I every time I listen to Bloodlines, it's it's always a bit yikes. Listening to the lyrics, I I, I do get that like, oh come on, dude, like can't believe you put out this song sort of thing. And if kids are being raised in in that type of culture, mm-hmm. their understanding of consent is going to be if Blood. someone says no, they mean yes, or if someone mm. says no, they're just playing hard to get, try hard, keep going, they'll come around eventually. Speaking of which, there's also this concept that once you're in the bedroom, consent is done and over with. You're yes. over with the concept of consent. Nothing. I feel like it's yes. it's like at any time, I know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if there was like, if there was like vibes, 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 yeah, 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 yes, please, let's do it. And then it's like, you know, like, you just, you have like, a, you just start thinking of something and you're like, oh, actually, nah. 
cool nah no i don't feel like it that's fine that's totally cool just have a chat instead or i can leave even this idea of if you go to someone's house Mm. that's consent and you must know what's what's happening i get that there is this culture i guess it's reasonable for to expect that you would have some sense of what happens when someone just shows up at someone's house like a free house yeah but it's not consent i think Okay, say for example, you've done something with this guy before and then he invites you to his house and you go to his house. You need to be aware that it's likely that he He thinks that's going to happen, but it's not concrete that that has to happen. That's what I'm saying. I do believe you have to be somewhat aware that that's what that person is going to think from inviting you it's just you're connecting the dots here you know but you also have to be aware you have the choice to say no are you saying um to keep people very confident in their no sort of thing i'm saying that people should not feel like they have a responsibility to provide sex right yeah or any sexual favors if they're going to say go back home with this person late at night i what i am saying is that you have to acknowledge that the person that has invited right. you is likely to want that yeah or could be thinking that yeah. there's a responsibility of sex or something yeah also that being said the person who is doing the inviting itself Mm -hmm. does not have to provide sex either yes what if you just want to hang out watch a movie and chill that is okay of course it is of course like if your friend group has like um sort of hyped up you know assaulty vibes every now and again just maybe confront it or if not maybe change the, the groups of people that you hang around i think the big message with that is be careful be aware and know who you're hanging out with but the truth of the matter is even with like sexual assault and rape it usually happens with people that the victims already know and they're either their close friends or a family member so the the thing is it's hard to say when situations like this can pop up because we can be as careful as we could be yeah and then these occurrences happen it it definitely is a responsibility of people to be accountable for their own actions unfortunately with sexual assault and the likes there does seem to be a lack of accountability there yeah true massive lack of accountability the fact that most offenders walk free i think people in general should um be more educated have more open conversations around the subject matter and then maybe bring it up every now and again in their friend group sort of thing. So I'm just thinking of solutions. The thing with open conversations as well is it requires a sense of accountability and yeah. understanding that you've probably done things that have contributed towards rape culture. Something as simple as catcalling, yep. that contributes. Even this idea that you will only respect a girl if she says she has a boyfriend or you only take her no seriously when she says she, when she says she has a boyfriend. I have a massive issue with that. Moment of being like, oh, I've got a boyfriend. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Like, I just back off. Same. My voice is strong enough. When I go to clubs, I don't usually grind on the opposite side. Unfortunately, they, it's a part of cl- club culture. If a girl's dancing and if she's dancing a bit provocatively 
or she's dancing in a way you think is provocative, you would like her to dance with you, which, okay, is fair, but you don't have to pull her, you don't have to push her into it. But when I say no to dancing with some men, well, most men that ask me, they are like, why, do you have a boyfriend? That is the first thing. It's just, I can't just, I can't just not want to dance with them. That's what annoys me. And if I say no, then the next question is, oh, are you really religious? Seriously, I can't just say no. I do agree in terms of discussion and open conversation that it is something we need to encourage. It's not just open conversation. It's also reflection. Mm. Like it's deep, honest reflection. I genuinely think that most of us have done something to contribute to rape culture, even jokes that are made. I would say most of us have done something. Like I probably have excusing things that I've heard, not calling people out. That's things that I have to reflect on and I need to do better because I think the term open discussion gets thrown around so much Mm. and it is important. But the other aspect that comes with that is honest reflection. Yeah. And that is what is so difficult. And I think that is why people don't talk about this. Yes, you might have done something in the past that, you know, has been not right. You might have hurt someone. That That's not to say you're a bad person, but you do have to acknowledge that and take responsibility of that in order to learn. I agree. Yeah, me too. Um, just going back to the whole taking someone seriously when, oh, when you find out they have a boyfriend. Is yeah. That right? Yeah. Yeah, I totally don't agree with that. That sounds, I don't know who says things like that, but that's very, I haven't, I haven't heard that before. Is that a thing? A lot. Yeah, it like happens at least three yeah, times right. in one night. Yeah. Ugh. That's like one of the first questions. If if someone has the decency to even ask you to dance, mm-hmm. yeah. the first thing they'll be like is, "Do you have a boyfriend?" Okay. Yeah. Or they'll pull you. They won't ask sometimes. They'll just pull you. Most of the time, they just pull you. And if you pull your hand back and let go, then they'll be like, "Why?" Like, yes, you know, why? Like, People ask why, and it's like. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> I also don't owe you an explanation. Yeah. No means no. I just don't want to dance with you. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Personally, I don't like club culture. So I don't go to clubs. Mm. Sort of mm. thing. And that's a decision I've made to, I don't know, move myself away from those situations. So at the moment, I'm not often in situations like that because I have a lovely friend group who, who just, we love, we work together um and we we played volleyball together today and that was awesome but we don't like we don't go to hardcore heavy duty clubs because it's that culture that we don't enjoy the truth of the matter is you know some people love clubbing they enjoy clubbing and they go clubbing and they have to deal with this shitty experience and i think i'm i'm a person who enjoys clubbing and i genuinely don't want to make out with people but other people do go out to do that and that's fine too as long as there's mutual respect mm. there but just like out of curiosity when you when you do go clubbing with your mates and you're interested in a girl what do you do um i don't go clubbing with my mates in general well, when we, we went out to we, oh, as i told you before we went out to a bar and it was lovely and it was mm. mainly um me and my mates there and I wasn't interested in anyone because I didn't know them sort of thing. You know, I didn't really know who they were. Like the people I didn't know, they were cool. We danced with them. They jumped in the middle of the circle and bust some moves. And like we hyped them up for busting some dance moves. We ran around the circle, cool things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if there's someone in my friend group that I'm that I'm interested in, I'd obviously um I'd ask them out on a date, maybe. It's more upfront and just more decent, honestly. Thank you. That means a lot. Cheers. <laughs> um it's well it's it's maybe could even be less upfront. It's more like like it yeah. ta- like it takes a second of thinking about you know like a, I feel that I would like to know the person. Um, you both are doing things you love, and then you sort of come in sync. I think to me it's upfront just because you're asking them, and I think when mm, you ask totally. them, you give them the clear opportunity to say no. Whereas when you're in the club and you just you just jumping in front of them yeah. and just pulling them straight, it's harder for them to reject mm. you. That's why I think in my head it was a bit a bit more forthright. Yeah, but once you've got to the stage of actually having sex with a person, mm-hmm. I think conversation is incredibly important because I feel a lot of uh, a lot of our age people and um, I guess people in general have been heavily informed about sex through porn. Yeah, when porn isn't real life. No the way they show it is usually catering to the male mm-hmm, gay. Mm-hmm. And not that women don't want porn, but just that it is the main, it has been the main target market for a long time. Certain things they do in certain videos, like choking or um, a fetishizing of some sort, it's okay on the screen mm. because they're fine with it. But the fact about whether or not... Um, these people are being exploited that's a whole different topic yeah but this is not real you know it's fictional it's been directed i guess because we also have like a lack of education and what can pleasure us and what is okay mm-hmm. and what's not okay people take this as a sort of a basis for sex yeah well funny you brought up choking because i had someone ask me to choke them it was weird it was weird for me because it felt really disrespectful and I feel like having respect and mutual respect during sex can be very sexy in a way mm-hmm. I mean like look everyone's got their kids yeah. or, or whatever what they into doesn't of matter um, but did you feel obligated to have to do it oh, actually that's a great question yeah when they asked I was like yeah well yeah I did a little bit I, but I sort of stopped yeah after a bit but but i did because it was more of like choke me it wasn't like can't you know are you okay with this it wasn't like a question yeah, yeah. which is like which is which is cool like i feel like if you're it's if not you're, cool though well okay if you're in a mutual if you're in a mutual relationship sort of thing and you're very understanding of each other i think it can be like fine to try different things sometimes i feel like you can go too far but if people know each other very well and it's sort of like a they're testing things out and they're trying things and if they talk about it afterwards i think that's a very healthy way of dealing with things but i don't think just knowing each other well enough in my opinion actually has a place in this discussion of consent i think people call that the gray area but i don't think that is a, a marker of consent i think if you're trying something new not even if you're trying something new, if you're doing anything remotely sexual, you should be checking in. Yeah, totally. Like, to me, it's that, it's that 
simple. I think it's important to say that we're not saying BDSM is wrong or talking no. wrong. Like, hell you, yeah, I get that. Exactly. You love it, do it. But I think the problem is that she didn't ask, she directed you to do it. And I think that just puts you in a position where you're like, oh, I, I should do it because we're already, we're already into this sex phase, you know, yeah. we're already doing it. And I think, like, how you felt obligated at that time, I think a lot of other people feel obligated as well when, um, say, you're meant to do some oral sex or, like, anything they're not very used to, and they feel obligated to say yes because they're already halfway through sex. Because I think the thing with knowing someone well enough and assuming you can just do something, it, it basically does leave room for assumption. That's it. It's an assumption you're making, and I don't think there's room for assumption when it comes to consent. Yeah. Well, I guess we did check in with each other. We're not like criticizing. This stuff happens all the time, for sure. You look back and you just realize things. But just in general, I don't think there's room for assumptions in consent. And I think one of the biggest assumptions we all make is, you know, we know someone, like they could never do something bad to us. But it's just the whole idea that we don't really know what consent is. So we try and fill in the gaps with, you know, like you said, porn and mm. education and media or lack of education which is why these discussions are important. I think I'd be surprised if anyone has felt completely comfortable their entire sexual journey. Oh, true. Yeah. I feel like at some point everyone feels obligated to do something. Definitely. And that's what I think should change. That's what should change because it's that idea that you can say no. If you're not ready for something, you can't say, I'm not ready for this. Or if you're at any stage of it you can be like i think i'm good it's also the idea that as a woman you can have autonomy mm-hmm. you're allowed to say what you want you don't have to just do what the other person wants you to do nowhere is that taught to us though like has anyone taught you that no and even in schools and stuff there's absolutely no discussion about female autonomy in sex. it's like this yeah. is a condom this is a banana you this put the condom put on, on the banana and then it goes in you, and that is sex. And this is how you get pregnant. Is there a solution that you can see? The solution is to, for starters, is to um, improve our understanding of sex and our understanding of consent, particularly in the educational curriculum. Mm-hmm. Because that's where most of us start out. Yeah, I think I think that's the start, and then I think that inspires a social cultural change, which can then inspire a legal change. Yeah. Because according to R A I N N, me. Yes, I was so confused when I saw it because we actually put it in the document. I was like, "Wait, Wayne said this. Wayne knew the fact." No, it's an acronym for the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. So according to them. According to them, 995, out of a thousand sexual assaults, 995 assaulters walk free and five will be convicted. So, I mean, look, at the end of the day, the legal system, in my opinion, is just a reflection of society, which is why I don't think the legal system and justice are the are the same thing. They're very different concepts. So oh, until yeah. we can inspire that social cultural change, the legal system is always going to lack. I think we are seeing improvements, although they are slow. It's amazing how Denmark just only recently passed a new rape law before they needed 
you to show that the rapist had used violence. Oh, geez. Now it's more like both parties have had to have had explicit, explicit consent. consent. Someone doesn't have to be black and blue all over themselves for them to have been raped. And I think a lot of the times as well, when you're in a situation where something's happening to you that you don't want, you're probably going to freeze or there's a possibility you're going to freeze. In the Victorian legal system, that's what uh, the jury's told. Just because someone freezes doesn't mean they've consented. Yeah. We assume that if there's sexual assault, maybe it's the word assault that's kind of misleading. I mean, it isn't assault, but I think when we think assault, we think, oh, violence, like someone's getting beaten. There's got to be bruises, like you said. Rape is a form of sexual assault. Because you're saying that um, assault in, se- in the word sexual assault seems to like create assumptions that there has to be some sort of like violence Vi- like yeah physical physical, violence. physical, physical right. evidence of violence yeah. like it is violence but i think it may create this perception that there has to be like yeah, bruises yeah. on you well which there definitely there seemed to be a pretty oh a pretty wide understanding of rape though which is getting mm, when you say wide understanding do you mean that people know what it is i mean people know what it is um that doesn't mean they don't do it i think i get what you're saying as in like when you think of rape as in two people being sober and this person pushing this woman to a corner and she's saying i don't want this or she's clearly resisting and that is mm. rape. but then also one person being heavily intoxicated and the other person not being intoxicated that well, is rape. one of the, and... the most the most well i've i've known people that have been raped um and well i still do and yeah. the most common one that i well in my corner of the world has been two pretty both pretty drunk the guy less so the woman very intoxicated and she passes out or it's like in and out of like you know she'll like in and out of consciousness and the guy's been like continuing and, and, and shit like that that's the sort of one that i've heard of and that's uh and i feel at least between my corner of the world or in, in my corner of the world and between my friends that one is very well known and, and and very um looked down upon the reason that i disagree is because sexual assault isn't just someone else physically performing sexual acts on you or making you perform sexual acts on them that you don't want to Mm -hmm. it can also be forcing you to watch two people perform a sexual act it can also be the insertion of an item into you doesn't have to be that person physically and it can also be in a medical context um if you are mistaken about the nature of the act for example if you thought it was for medical reasons but it turns out that person that is getting gratification yeah. from it i don't think people know that i also don't really think people know that it can be considered rape if you're mistaken about the identity of the person i don't um, know that one. yeah so that is why i say that i actually don't think people know what rape is it's so much broader than this person just had sex with me and i didn't want them to i person personally know guys that encourage their friends to sleep with someone who's really drunk although um really drunk and on their lap i remember one of my friend was explicitly scolded for not taking advantage of the girl that was lying on his lap yeah 
for taking advantage for not, or not so he his didn't friends, need to take advantage. Yeah. Oh, right, they right. Wanted, eight people asked him, why didn't she have sex with her? Because they didn't take that as weight because she was on his lap and she was like passed out. They didn't take it as weight just because she was sitting next to him and having a conversation before she got drunk. Sometimes, even though they're quite, even though they can be a bit mm-hmm. flirty, if they're super drunk and they're almost at the point of mm-hmm. passing out and you're not, it's great. Sure. What, how, can I ask and how old? The guys, yeah. So they were 22, oh, ranging what? up to 24, 25. It's a sense of entitlement. It's someone being like, I'm entitled to your body. You're not. But yeah, that, that actually reminds me of a story. New Year's Eve. Not this one, mm-hmm. but the one before. I was in like, I was at Flinders Street Station watching the fireworks and it was all crazy, you know, and we were pretty like, we were all pretty, pretty wasted and stuff. And this girl stumbles over. She was like, I think she was like 15 and like she was she was pretty drunk we were all pretty drunk and she came over and she's oh that's my friend that's my friend and I'm like oh fuck shit that's crazy that's that's crazy how old are you 15 so we we sat her down with the girls we were with and we went looking for a friend didn't find a friend she ended up coming coming back um we we gave her one of our friend's rooms by herself um and then she ended up Mm -hmm. going home and being okay, it was totally cool. Nothing happened, all of that stuff. But it was just, I feel lucky that we were there to help her. But that, it, it seemed like a very, like, erratic and dangerous situation, her being um, in the city. And they're alone. Yeah, they're alone. And she's, yeah, like, 15. Um, and, yeah, we were, we were all super intoxicated as well. But, yeah. I hope her friend was okay. Mm, me, too. me too. I think her friend was a guy. Um, which doesn't mean that they couldn't be okay, but you know, there's less of a chance of like a bad encounter. Something happening. Yeah. That's true. I was thinking about this, um, this whole thing about, um, being potential victims. Yes. Unfortunately, women, when we go out, I think we always think of ourselves as potential mm-hmm. victims. So we always have to look out for our friends that we're going out with we have to look out for ourselves we have to make sure we're not drinking uh we're not we have to make sure we're not drinking something that was mm, yeah. kept to the side to the side for too long it's it's just sad honestly yeah, so sad. there's the whole like men also like there's a there's a high statistic of them being sexually assaulted there's a whole there's a whole like who gets a worse thing going on in the internet right now have you guys heard of that? Heard of I think um, I'm not. I not the who gets it worse yeah. thing because I think it's hard to dispute that women have a much higher case of sexual assault, but at the same time, some men do go through this, and it is very confronting, especially with the culture of toxic masculinity mm. and macho-ness. Um, combined with something like this happening, it is, I can see how that could be very confronting and conflicting. I can only imagine. But yeah, I think anyone who goes through sexual assault has been through a pretty, pretty confronting and disturbing experience. I think the question is more, um, how do we prevent this? How do we teach more people about and this is not to say women don't commit sexual assault either women do it's just 
the stats are definitely more likely for a man to do do it to a woman than for a woman to do it to a man. And I think it's a lot easier for um, sexual violence to be committed against women as well. Oh, is it easier? No, I feel like it depends on so Because if they're still in the room... I would agree with that last statement about um yeah be, yeah well about could be easier for for sexual violence to be performed by a man against a woman it's hard I don't I don't know I don't know yeah, enough, I don't know enough personally but that yeah. I think I'd ha- I'd have to sit down and think about whether because the the truth is it happens to both yeah. parties you know it's just that it does happen to women more than men yeah it for I think for every um. So according to RAINN, mm-hmm. one in every 10 rape victims are male, which means nine out of every 10 are female. It goes back to that sense of entitlement. I think it's more likely to be found in, um, unfortunately, in men because of this concept of toxic masculinity. It's patriarchy and, and toxic patriarchy masculinity. And even pornography. There's a lot of videos that emphasize on sexual violence as well. But I don't think the discussion should be who has it worse. Yeah. No, yes, I get that. I get yes, that. Yes, yes. That's not what I was trying to bring up. I was just trying to um, no, talk no, about yeah, this guy. Her, her her friend being a male was okay. But you're right. It is interesting yeah. because even subconsciously, we all sort of were like, oh, so that's like, he'd be fine type of thing. Yeah. Have, you, have you watched Bridgerton? Um, no. Okay. So there was a scene in Bridgerton actually where this guy really didn't want to yeah. And... In a nutshell, basically what she did while she was having sex, she, he wanted to pull yeah. out, but she kept yeah. going. And so he, that's right. Yeah, that's right. hundred percent. That's right. And he ended up ejaculating into her, which, which obviously increased the likelihood of him having yeah. kids. And that was dismissed quite easily in the series. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's there's a there's a whole culture around it, and what you were talking about before with um this sort of masculine ah uh, you know you're uh, get over it you're a dude you know sort of thing like there's very, there's a lot of dismissing when it comes to um women doing it to guys and whether and the culture around that. You know what's so interesting? I was talking to one of my friends about Britain, mm-hmm. and he didn't even realize that was rape to the guy in the show and I was like what do you mean you didn't realize that was one of the first as soon as it happened I picked up on it and that changed my perception of the show Mm. that basically concludes our conversation for today on consent and sexual violence and Bridgerton and interestingly BDSM and choking Choking. something you've always wanted to talk about okay calm down (laughs) (laughs) thank you for joining us Rain we do appreciate it just before we finish I think (laughs) one thing we didn't say is you should regularly check in and it doesn't have to be like you don't have to stop the entire process and be like wait a minute you can just be like is this okay like are you comfortable just every now and then when you're changing it up and looking for that positive affirmative enthusiastic yes yeah if you're unsure, even for a second, don't do anything. That's just a safe mm. thing to do. We will add the hotlines to um, for sexual assault help for victims and people out there who have had to experience these kind of things. But yeah, so thank you, Wayne, so much for joining okay. us. This has been Brown and Feminist. Thank you for listening.